Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And we are coming to you live! From the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Rocket Mortgage with you every step of the way. They provide a seamless mortgage experience. They know home is so much more than a house. It's the home of your dreams. And for 30 years, they've been making it better. Rocket Mortgage, push button, get mortgage. I am busting today. Busting. Hickey was like, Ken, you're in such a good mood. I was like, I know. I'm in a great mood today. Kenny Atkinson's getting fired. Not in a great mood because of that. Just something to get into. They said certain players, Hickey put this out there, certain players wanted Kenny Atkinson gone. Is that true, Hickey? Is that what was is that was the report? That is being reported by Nets Beat Rider, so yes, it is true. That damn Theo Pinson, I knew it. I knew you couldn't trust that guy. I knew you couldn't do it. Damn, you knew it. Drew Eubanks had to be him. <laughs> Kyrie continues to be maybe the most disappointing player in the NBA. And I know he got, he's getting shoulder surgery. Leave him alone. He's probably the most disappointing player in the NBA. 2016, we wanted to put him right up there at the top of the board among all the greats. It was supposed to be his league. He was one of the 1%. And a couple of years later, a couple of organizations later, yeah, you talk about Boston, it's like, oh my gosh, it's such a release. It's so nice to not have him here. I mean, you could say what you want to about Brad Stevens. I I, I know they got into it on, on the morning show on CBS Sports Radio. Morass said he's the most overrated coach in all professional sports. You could say what you want to about them, but their culture seems to be better. The net, the Nets, and, and I won't spend very much time on this because I'll wait till Billy Jack comes in. I'm going to let Billy Jack vent. I'm sure he's losing his mind. And I love Billy Jack, even though he thinks I hate him. I'm going to let Billy Jack have his moment. The Nets were a try-hard team. They were a fun team. And I think even with with Kevin Durant, they could still be that type of team. People are going to blame KD. I, I still think even with KD, it's there. But, man, with Kyrie, he just casts a Paul anywhere he goes. Ever since 2016, a dramatic Paul over everywhere he goes. It's just this dark cloud that comes in. And it's ugliness from the very get-go. We'll see what they do next year. Kenny Atkinson out there. The Knicks should make the call, but James Dolan probably isn't smart enough to do that. A lot of teams should probably do that. Guy's a good coach. Guy cultivates a good culture. 855-2124-CBS. We slide on. Last night with the Lakers and the Bucks, we'll say statement game. I'll say, yeah, not so fast. It's March 7th. But if I can, if I can for a moment, and we'll bring on Jerry Brewer, the Washington Post, coming up later on in the show today. This is this was one of those games where am I proud of LeBron? Do I say I'm proud of LeBron? 
I have to admit I'm not ready to give it up yet. LeBron is part of my youth. So I don't know if pride is the right word. Like Giannis, Giannis is, if I had a little brother, Hickey, how old are you again? 25. 25, bingo. Giannis is 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 my little brother's generation. If I had a little brother, I consider Hickey my little brother. I, I think Giannis is that generation. Maybe Zion ends up being that generation. You know how I feel about Zion. But LeBron at 34, 35, right there in my age group, right there in my strike zone. It's like, good, good. Still holding on. And I'll point this out later on in the show. Lakers have won some big games lately. LeBron's played some big games lately. The Bucs, there's a ton of pressure, but I still love their culture. I'm not going to say a bunch of crazy things about the Bucs just because they lost one game to the Lakers. My God, I'd hope you'd think better of me than that. Yet, I just got to point this out to you folks, and you're going to hate me for this. You know, if LeBron wins this, we got to have this conversation again. If the Lakers win this thing, you and I, we got to have this conversation again at the end of this season. You know what conversation it is. That'd be four championships with three different organizations. Two of those three were hapless before him, hapless with without him. He cleaned up their he cleaned up their organizations. He cleaned up their houses. Cavaliers are a mess after. Cavaliers were a mess before. They were a mess in between. They did things LeBron's way. They won a championship. LeBron left. Jeannie and Jim Buss were at each other's throats. Phil Jackson, they were making wrong decisions by him. Then Phil left. The whole thing was ugly. I didn't realize they hadn't even been to the postseason since 2013. That was a new thing here. And he still, he wanted to be part of the Lakers until he actually put his foot down. This is the way this is going to run. This is the way I'm going to do things. I don't want to hear any of this other slop. This is how it's going to go. Until he did that, and he did do that, now they're starting to reap the rewards of that. No more of this other slop. No more of this B-list, C-list, D-list type of stuff with the Ball family. This is LeBron. This is class. This is elegance. This is when he is still angry. He's the best force in professional sports. And if they win this, he would have taken a legendary franchise, turned it into his team. They're not the Lakers. He's not part of Kareem. He's not part of Will. He's not part of Magic or Kobe. Those guys were Lakers. This is LeBron. This is the difference. They became the LeBrons. He wins this. You know we have to have this conversation again. I don't know if I've ever seen I can't say the other guy couldn't do it. That's not what I'm pointing out. But I've seen this guy do it. And if he does it again, we got to have a talk, folks. 855-2124-CBS. We slide on again. Because this is what my big thing I, I wanted to get into today was. We'll talk some basketball again coming up. Got the great Mike DeCourcy coming up at 1040. We'll talk some college basketball with him. He's one of the best out there. I love him. I threw him off one time when I called Jim Beheim a sissy to him. But I need to know from you guys, what is it about Dak Prescott that rubs you the wrong way? I, I don't know what it is. I, I want. I, I need to know from you. Because I'm getting a little bit tired of the trash. Cowboy fan, I'm talking to you. Anybody down in Texas, I'm talking to you about this. I need to know from you guys. I need to know. Because I keep hearing it, and I keep I, I just don't understand why. 30 touchdowns, 11 interceptions last year. If you wanted to go back to 2017 and the year he had in 2017 and the tail end and how things didn't really work out the way it was supposed to, 
okay, I would have listened to you back then because I didn't think he had that good of a season that year. Watching the way he was in the second half, seemed to get figured out. Two years ago, he was good. This last year, he was good. They didn't make the playoffs. You fired Jason Garrett. You moved on to another head coach. You brought this head coach in because he does work well with quarterbacks. He does work well with offenses. And I keep hearing how he's not worth the money. On what planet, I need to know from you, on what planet is Dak Prescott not worth the money? I need to get a sincere, good argument from you. Because at 43 years old, if you're giving me Tom Brady, I'm going to go tell you to cram it with walnuts. If you're giving me anybody else, Jameis, Derek Carr, Phillip Rivers, any of those guys, I'm going to tell you to cram it with walnuts. Because you're not seeing the forest for the trees. You're being too short-sighted about all this. I've questioned Dak Prescott many times in the past. But this is a guy who's already had to deal with roster turnover, offensive line injury, now a head coach turnover, the rest of his team losing the interest of that head coach, turnover with his weapons, the acquisition of weapons. Yes, that's absolutely true. The problems that his own running back, and you can fight me on this all you want. I know he's still one of the best. But the problems and the drama that his own running back brings to his football team, he's had to fight it all. It has not amounted to much in the postseason yet. He's still young. This is the evolution of a quarterback. He is not 32 years old. This isn't the Matt Stafford conversation we were all having last week. This is a man who threw for a nice amount of touchdowns. He conducted a fine offense. And, well, Ken, he's not worth $35 million. On what planet is he not worth $35 million or plus that? I need to know who his replacement is. I gave you those names. Those aren't great names to go with. You want to give me the franchise tag, I'll hear out the franchise tag. This isn't about the franchise tag. They want to franchise tag it, go ahead and tag it, move on for 2019, we'll see. That's a fa- or move on for 2020, we'll see. That's a, fair th- that's a fair assumption, that's a fair thing to do. Fine, I understand teams doing that. But when I'm getting, well, we need to find out different ways that we could trade Dak Prescott. Why do you want, why do you want to trade Dak Prescott? You found him in the fourth round. He's played very well. I can name off right off the top of my head more than a couple of guys who were drafted ahead of him who have not worked out anywhere near what Dak Prescott has worked out already. There's a couple of wrinkles here and there. That's what every quarterback is. He's not our generation's Tom Brady. He might not be our generation's Tony Romo. He might be better than Tony Romo. He's still young. In the type of season he had last year, I'd look at defense. I'd look at coaching. I'd still look at injuries across the offensive line. I'd still look at that. They had to change over some of that roster, and they'll still have to change over some of that roster. And now that he starts to go into his prime, I think I can put more on his shoulders to conduct an offense and run it. That's why you sign Zeke Elliott to the money that you signed Zeke Elliott to. You have finally put it together. It feels to me that this would be the most Cowboys move of all Cowboys moves that I've seen in the past. The question of bringing in a different guy, a different voice wanting to go on from Dak, I don't understand it. I think in any other place, this guy by any other name, they'd continue to roll with this guy. And it looks as if the Cowboys are more than willing themselves to continue to roll with Dak Prescott. That's why... I need to know from you, why is Dak Prescott not good? I don't think of him as elite quarterback, and, and we can go over this definition if you want to. I, I don't think of him as elite yet. I think of him as a franchise guy for their franchise, and there is a difference. Roethlisberger's been elite in his career. Tom Brady's been elite in his career. Breeze, elite. 
Mahomes, already already elite. Wilson, elite. You can probably name a couple of guys right off the top of your head that I'm just forgetting right now. There's elite guys, and then there's franchise guys. Franchise quarterbacks for their teams who are trying to knock at the door of the elite, they can't all be elite quarterbacks. They're all elite quarterbacks. This would be the easiest game in the world to play. They're not. But there are franchise guys who sometimes we give up on a little bit. I brought up Stafford last week. You can bring up Matt Ryan if you want to. Some people want to categorize Dak Prescott. I still think it's way too early. Guys who are franchise guys where their investment is put into them, their teams are putting investments into them, and I just have to think if you want to make a replacement, if you really wanted to trade or you wanted to go in another direction and bring in Tom Brady at 43 years old, or if you wanted to bring in Phillip Rivers, or you wanted to bring in Winston, I, I, I can't understand why you'd want to bring in Jameis Winston, but these are articles that I read. Or Derek Carr, I need to know why those guys are better replacements. Because so many people get upset with their players, and you have to remember, it's not about getting rid of that guy. It's about finding a better replacement for that guy. If I have a better replacement than that guy, let's talk turkey. But for Dak... I don't know. I, I I don't know. I don't see the connection. I don't hear a lot of Cowboys fans calling me up, screaming and yelling about how much they hate Dak Prescott. I don't. But everywhere else in the country, well, you know, you could trade Dak Prescott away. You could take Tom Brady and put him down there at, at 43 years old and put that with, with Mike McCarthy and, and see. And it it's feels so Dallas. I understand why it would make sense to you, but this is what all this was for. This was all, all this strife was for. When, when you're bringing back Zeke, you're making an argument for Dak because he helps out Dak. He helps out the offense. So you sign Zeke. You have Dak. You sign Dak. You work with this together for a window that's not going to be open for very long because all it takes is one for Zeke to all of a sudden start to depreciate the asset. Some people already argue that he does because how many playoff appearances have you really had? How many, how many runs have you really had with Zeke Elliott? It's always going to be a depreciating asset because of the running back position as it is, even though he's one of the best, three best in the league. But this would, it was all this was for. This is what this was for, was for Dak. And I'm getting, well, he's not $35 million worth. That's the going rate for quarterbacks. And if you want to go ahead and put a Band-Aid on something and go with guys who are less accomplished, other than Tom Brady and Rivers, Rivers, these are older guys, but if you want to give me some of the guys who are less accomplished, I, I, I don't know if we're ever going to make a mix-up here. I don't know if we're ever going to come to an agreement. You want to go with a drafted quarterback? Please. The, the Dallas Cowboys, because of where Jerry Jones is in his life and because of who they are, they're always in win-now mode. This is a win-now mode. This is a team that can make the playoffs next year. This is a team that was supposed to make the playoffs this last year. That's why they fired their head coach. And I get all these people. Well, we got to trade Dak Prescott. They got to trade Dak. Where? How? Why? 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. Is Dak disrespected? We'll get to your guys' thoughts. I got a couple of thoughts on Joe Burrow as well. Mike DeCourcy, 1040 AM Eastern. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. 855-2124-CBS. Mike DeCourcy coming up in less than 20 minutes. Also coming up in just over an hour and a half, 1140 a.m. Eastern, 840 Pacific. Olden Pawnees, 15-year NBA vet. We've had him on the show before. He's fantastic. Fox Sports South analyst or Fox Sports NBA analyst. Jerry Brewer, Washington Post, 1240. Talking LeBron. Yeah. Also, Tom Brady and where he should go. That's coming up at 1. We'll do the 
Hickey, you got to say it. You say it. The NFL scouting carbine. That's coming up at 120. 855-2124-CBS. I'm getting the reactions about Dak. I, you guys got to tell me why you don't believe in Dak Prescott and why all these articles start with, here's places that Dak Prescott can be traded to. He plays for the Cowboys. He's, he's at least worth 30, and people say he's not worth $35 million. Then if you think you should trade, why are you trying to trade me your trash? The Dallas Cowboys, and this is my entire thought process, the Cowboys are win first. We all know this. They're trying to win another Super Bowl. Jerry's trying to be, he's already made the Hall of Fame, but he, he wants that Super Bowl that he was the architect of before it's all said and done. The Jimmy Johnson thing, it bothers him, and Barry Switzer won it with Jimmy's players. Da, 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 da. So Jerry's trying to get it. Okay, why do you want why do I want to trade a win now team's quarterback to me when they're not good enough for him? For the owner who's 77, 78 years old. I please make that out to me. I, I need a better reason. Lou Paul Joel, one of the finest listeners that my buddy Landry Locker in Houston has. Ken, Dak's just not that great. He's good. Just not great. He doesn't have it. Hashtag overrated. What is it? What is it? What can you give me that tells you that he's not worth 35 plus million dollars a year? What is it? What is it? We say it. What is it? That doesn't wash. Give me numbers. Give me play. You can't tell me that we don't watch Dak Prescott. The Cowboys are jammed down our throats every single week. So I know you all watch the Cowboys. What tells you that Dak Prescott sucks? Nothing tells you Dak Prescott sucks. If it weren't for Dak Prescott, that's a four-win football team this year. Three. There's nothing that tells you that Dak Prescott sucks out loud. If anything... That was a football team that gave up on its coach that had considerable drama following it, part of that given by the running back. Dak Prescott, if anything, and Dak Prescott still went out and had himself a very nice season. If anything, this is a football team that should probably be in the gutter because of everything that surrounds them. They should probably be, be, probably be in the gutter. Dak Prescott scooped him up, threw him on his shoulders, and at least got him to a, a what would otherwise be a somewhat respectable career or a somewhat respectable season. But because it's the Cowboys that were supposed to go to the playoffs, they didn't. Jason Garrett, everything else I just said, it, it was a mess. 65%, good. 4,900 yards, good. 30 touchdowns, 11 and a half picks, good, or 11 picks, good. Per attempt, eight yards per attempt, that's exactly what you want. By the way, that's an elite number. If we're looking at the numbers, there we are. You watch Dak. Is able to go through the progressions, is able to take off, is able to play, able to conduct an offense. He's four years into the league. He's 26 years old. He's only going to get better before he gets worse. And he's not worth $35 million. What are you replacing him with then? Tom Brady can make better decisions. That's understood. He can make better decisions. Can he do what needs to be done physically? That's going to be a question mark. If he could maybe Bill would have been a little nicer to him on the phone this year. 855-2124-CBS, I'll ask you. Because it just, it it doesn't, doesn't compute to me. Shane, Wisconsin, you're next up on CBS Sports Radio. Go ahead. Do we have Shane? Hi, 
Um, Shane, yeah, I'm hello. A, I'm good. I'm from Wisconsin, but I'm actually was born and raised a Lions fan, so I've watched every game Stafford has played. And with the question that you're asking, I thought, why not? Uh, nothing against Dak Prescott, but I think Stafford would actually be a perfect fit in Dallas with McCarthy knowing Stafford. Um, Stafford always playing great against Green Bay. You mentioned Dak's numbers. Stafford's always beat that or compared to it. Um, he's been in a revolving door of a team in Detroit with coaches and players, and he's always played at MVP level. Um, I think if he went to Dallas, that's a legit Super Bowl contender. I think a lot of people are going to bring that up. And, Shane, thank you very much for the call. If, if The worst thing I can say about Dak right now is that his future may be Matt Stafford. That's about it. And Matt Stafford's been a quality quarterback throughout his career. And if you extrapolate the numbers, he's a Hall of Famer. He's not a Hall of Famer because we watch the games and we know that he hasn't had the type of success that you need to be a Hall of Famer. But he has the numbers. If you extrapolate them out, he'll be a Hall of Famer. If I look at what Dak Prescott's numbers and I put another quarterback in there, you would probably say that quarterback's a good quarterback. If I'm Dallas, I still don't think I'd make that move because it'd still be too much. And again, what am I going to do with Dak Prescott? Am I just going to trade him away to Detroit? Why would Detroit, again, why do I want your garbage if you're win now, if I'm the Detroit Lions? And if you're sitting there at three, right? Yes. If I'm sitting there at three, well, am I going to take Dak and then not pay him? I, that one doesn't make sense when you put the money together. I see where the thought is, but it's not going to be able to really be done if you put everything together. Conrad, Milwaukee, you're next up on CBS Sports Radio. Go. Hey, Ken, here's the deal, man. I, I can't give you what you want. I can't tell you that, that Dak is just, uh, you know, a, a mediocre quarterback. He's a, he's a bona fide starting, starting quarterback in the <laughs> NFL. He deserves to be paid. And I honestly believe that this is a good matchup with him and Mike McCarthy. My biggest problem with Dallas right now, and I'm not a Dallas fan. Um, I will just do a sidebar. I, I would take Dak Prescott in Green Bay because of his age right now and just longevity, and he seems like he's going to stay healthy. Here's would you take him over Aaron Rodgers? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Oh, I just got to say that the Dallas defense is what let them down this last year. So the wait a minute. Wait a minute. Conrad, 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 stay with me. Yeah. You would take him over Aaron Rodgers right now? I would right now. For sure. Heat, baby, yeah, continue. Now, Ken, Ken, I've said this before on many of your colleagues that are on CBS Sports Radio. I don't trust Aaron Rodgers. Okay, I don't trust his health. I don't tr- trust his judgment. I believe that he's overpaid. I believe he got paid because of his p- prior success. And I, I think he's in, I think he is not necessarily below average, but he falls right in the middle right now in his career. Now, his overall stats show that he's wonderful and he's amazing and he's great. He's not that quarterback anymore. And so I am absolutely looking for something for the future. I'm going to be a Green Bay Packer fan until the day I die. Aaron Rodgers might be done playing football in the next two years. What does our future hold? So I would like to see somebody that's maybe got another eight to ten years, maybe some experience. I don't know if I'm ready to go through a whole new rebuild and put a rookie in there. That kind of scares me. Now that that is sexy. That is sexy. Conrad, thank you very much for the call. See, Thank you for the call because the difference with Detroit the difference with Detroit is that you're at three. You're back far enough if you're the Packers where you could try to trade up or if you really want to. That, that trade I don't think would ever get done ever, ever. It might get done in hell. It, it might get done in a place that's like hell. I don't think it's actually done in the U.S. of A. With, with common sense. But if that trade were to get done, the Green Bay Packers are a team that don't tank. They're one of the great franchises. You never tank. 
And I would say that they're a team that is the poster poster child for doing something, getting something back before one asset has completely faltered. That's why we get the, the Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers thing. And I would have no problem with the Green Bay Packers if they wanted to, in a realistic sense, trying to trade up, going after a Jordan Love or somebody else, trying to make that guy the next Aaron Rodgers before Aaron Rodgers is done. That's the type of organization they are. That's why people love them. But Dak at 26, you want to throw that same type of money, you're going to get another, I'd say, eight years, right? Seven, eight years before you start to do this again? That's a sexy thought. 855-2124-CBS. We'll get back to this coming up at 11 Eastern. Also, uh, a lot of people are playing games in front of empty stadiums. We'll get to that coming up at 11 Eastern. Up next, Mike DeCourcy, Big Ten Network, Sporting News, college basketball writer, the conference tournaments are upon us, my friends. It's almost time for the big-time tournament. This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. That's CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line. It's sponsored by the fine folks at Geico. Where the owner rent, Geico makes it easy to bundle home and auto insurance. Having a home is hard work, so get a quote at geico.com today. It's easy. Also, Bracket Week underway on CBS Sports Network. And today, at 3.30 Eastern, 12.30 Pacific, the State Farm Missouri Valley Conference Tournament semifinals tip-off as teams fight for a chance to dance In March, joining us on the hotline right now to talk about all that stuff. He covers, like, everything. NBA, soccer, college basketball. He's on the Big Ten Network, Sporting News. Mike DeCourcy joins us on the show. Find him on Twitter, at TSN Mike. Michael, thanks for joining us, my friend. Good morning, Ken. How are you? I'm doing very well. First off, how do you you juggle the sports that you cover? Because it's like, okay, this guy's a basketball writer, and then you're like, oh, no, I also – I talk about soccer – and I and I pay attention to the beautiful game, and not a lot of guys do that. Like I don't expect Jay Glazer to cover NASCAR out of nowhere. Yeah, that's a well. The, well if you if you cover the NFL, you can you can concentrate on that uh, all the time. But uh, obviously, college basketball's audience is not as uh, as as encompassing as college ba- or as as the NFL is. Uh, that's that's a significant difference. It, there, I, you know, there are some really well paid basketball analysts i don't think any of them are making tony romo money let's put it that way <laughs> mike de joining us, or mike de Corsi joining us uh, on the show right now it's been a couple of years since i had you i asked you about jim Beheim, and it was one of my favorite things we ever had with jim Beheim. but you wrote something here because I'm, I'm thinking about syracuse right now and you wrote something here about you know the last 10 games the last part of the season you you really can't give that any weight in tournament selection. And I think that's something that a lot of fans automatically do. They start watching more at this time. They start trying to learn the names at this time so they can win their office stuff. And then all of a sudden they're going, well, why isn't this team, why isn't this team ranked higher Then they get upset about some of the rankings there? Take us through that, Mike, about how you got to pay attention to the entire year. If we're talking about the tournament selection. You know, I, first of all, it's something that would seem uh, obvious to any sport. Uh, A game, a baseball game in April doesn't get discounted because, uh, it happened six months before the playoffs began. It, it's just pure logic. In the NFL, if you go 4-0 and in September, they don't say, yeah, but that was just September. The playoffs are now, so we're not going to let you in. It's silly. It always was silly. So I, about 18, 15 years ago, I don't remember exactly when I first started writing about it. I'm going to say around 2003, 2004, something like that. I started to look. Does it really matter how you finish games? Uh, or how you finish the season in terms of whether or not you're going to succeed in the NCAA tournament. And you have to look, first of all, at the number of teams that win the automatic bids in the major conferences and how 
regularly, they don't go on to win the the NCAA tournament. It, it's you know it's not like that's a regular thing or it happens all the time. It, a lot of times it's, they're won by teams that don't get the automatic bid but go in with with the with the at large bid. And so I looked and I looked and I looked and I kept, kept turning out that it really doesn't matter how you finish. They, you know a team like uh, a team like Kentucky in in 2000. 15 was 10 and 0, 10 and 0, 10 and 0. You know, they, they were never not oh, you know. I mean, so it's that, that team, of course, is going to do well in all segments of the season. But the ones that started strong, finished poorly, often did well in the tournament. And so it, it came to, to, I came to realize that it was, it was just this thing that everybody thought that didn't have anything behind it. And I wrote about it and wrote about it. And I'm not taking credit for Mike Slive ultimately saying, uh, as, as the chair of the NCAA Men's Basketball Committee, we've got to stop this because it's dumb. Uh, I'm not taking credit for it, but the, it did happen after I started calling for it. So <laughs> you can do the math on that. Uh, but uh, now people still think that it's out there, and they still think that that it's part of the process. And and and, and those who don't think that think it should be. And again, I, I think it's I, as I, I wrote at the time, it's like choosing teams based on your uniform color. If it doesn't have any impact on the way you perform in the tournament, then why should it be a part of whether you're selected or not? All right, one little thing here, one little counterpoint, because you make several great ones. But then i got to ask you about college football, because so many times we go, well, you know, that was week two, and they're such a different team than what they were then. Does that even, is that even on the same stratosphere of any of this? Sometimes they are, and sometimes they're not. You can't be sure, but that's why you play a full season and, and find out. Most of the times, the teams that win it or make the Final Four are great in all segments of the season and maybe have a little stumble here or there. But most of the ones that do really well, but I, there, there have been tons of Sweet 16 teams that went 5-5 five and five in their final 10 games, or I, sometimes even 4-6. and six. It, 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 You just never know how it's going to go. Sometimes they finish, they, they, they finish really strong and then they peter out. Sometimes they finish that they're stumbling in because their conference has them figured out, but nobody else does. That's the other thing that makes it logical is when you go into the tournament, you're playing teams from everywhere but your conference. And the, your conference teams, your opponents, know you best. They know what you can't do. They know what you do well and try to take it away. But it's harder for teams that are seeing you for the first time. So sometimes, I'll tell you this, it, it sure as heck isn't going to hurt the Big Ten to get away from each other because they have been pounding on each other for four months now, three months, and it's been really hard on all of them, even the ones that are at the top of the standings. Yeah, I watch you in that studio on that studio show, and I, I, I've heard you say the same thing there about, you know, you got some teams that I, I don't know how great they be. Like, before, like, again, I'm in Ohio, right? And I host a daily show with a guy who graduated from Ohio State, and it is, it is bipolar, Week to week, day to day, about what they think of Ohio State basketball, and all of a sudden they've been on a run. You've had a couple of other teams that have kind of faltered here and there. So, Mike, I think I totally agree with you. Like, I, I don't know if, especially if I'm, I'm tuning in now, I cannot say without a shadow of a doubt, this team is this team. This team's going to be incredible. That team's garbage. They shouldn't be in. So it's it's a weird type of sport that you cover where people drop in at this time of year and then they'll they'll pull out after April. It's it's a very weird thing, Mike. Yeah, I, I wish that they would all follow it from November on. But at the same time, I'm not unwelcoming uh, to anyone that wants to jump on board now. It, it's whatever you know, whatever works for you. Uh, it certainly it has been good for college basketball uh, to have March become the spectacle that it has. When I was a kid, 
it, basically the only games that anybody watched were the Final Four because they didn't show a lot of the others, and and it wasn't on five, six nights a week, seven nights a week. It, it, it's so much different now, and I, I do believe that the the passion followings that exist in college basketball for Duke or Carolina or Kentucky or Kansas or Michigan State or Indiana or who or wherever Arizona. Those passionate followings are really invested in their teams. And I think that's underrated by the national media too much. I, 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 they, it's become very convenient for national uh, talk people, uh, to debate people and all that, uh, to just focus on the NFL and the NBA and, and like, whenever the Astros get caught. You know, I mean, it's it, rather than, you know, because college basketball is such a vast palette, it's really hard to get into for, for a lot of the people who do those jobs. And so, you, you know, the fact that there is a vast audience for college basketball, but it's pocketed here and there for, for various, you know, various con, uh, con, con, uh, constituencies, it, it, you know, it doesn't get quite the national talk that it should. Mike DeCourcy with us. Follow him on Twitter at TSN. Mike, who are your, who are your last four in right now? My last four right now, uh, Cincinnati certainly, Stanford is another, uh, Texas is in that group, and I have Rutgers as well. And all four of those have very problematic resumes. Rutgers has a lot of great wins, but almost nothing done on the road. They have one road win to this point, and they didn't play a lot of neutral games, so they don't have a lot there either. Uh, so they have a chance against Purdue today on Big Ten Network, uh, and, it, and that's a very tough place to win, but if you get it done, that's huge for them. If you don't, it's huge for Purdue because it would put them, I believe, three games over 500 with a lot of quality wins and actually put them within, within perhaps grip of, of maybe getting a bid. Who are your first four out? I, I have Utah State in that group, NC State. Uh, I, I have, uh, I, I'm trying to remember now who else was on that list. Uh, uh, but that, that, that group of teams is, you know, they're not far away. I mean, there are people out there who have teams in that I have out and I have, you know, so it, but we, I think we're, the, those who do the brackets are all pretty close to agreed at this point on those first 11 lines. There's, you know, there might be some variance on where, but I think teams like UCLA and Providence that have made late runs, but it's not that they've made late runs. It's what they've accomplished during those late runs. I mean, each of them has gained massive amounts of high-quality wins to get into the picture. Those teams are pretty solidly in, but it seems like Richmond and, and NC State that are really fighting to try to get into that picture. Dayton, San Diego State, Seton Hall, Creighton's always a good story. Which one's the best out of those ones that are there, right there within the top ten? You know, I, it's interesting. I, I, Dayton right now has it figured out, but how does that apply to higher-level opposition? Uh, they haven't played a lot of great teams in the Atlantic 10. Uh, it, it's, you know, there's some solid teams, but not a lot of really good ones. They've dominated that league, so they really have a rhythm now. But I do wonder when they when they get uh, sort of culture shocked a little bit by uh, somebody that's faced great teams, maybe in the second round against a really good seven or ten seed. Uh, how how does that go then? Can they keep the same rhythm? I, I, I'm not sure. We'll see how that goes. You know, I I really like Seton Hall, but I don't like the fact that uh, Miles Powell has not been making shots lately. And if he's not making shots, uh, they they are beatable. It was it was a very interesting game that they played against Villanova at home on senior night, 
when Villanova's great three-point shooting basically chased Romaro Gill off the floor. Romaro Gill's one of the best defensive players in the country, and Seton Hall couldn't play with him in the game uh, because Villanova's three-point shooting and, and his you know, his struggle maybe a little bit to guard that kind of player on the perimeter, 6'8", can drive it, can shoot it, uh, really made a difference. Uh, so uh, I, they, they have a similar but not identical challenge today against Creighton if they win it. They get the league. If they don't, uh, that changes the, the nature of uh, what happens in the, in the Big East. I think that there's a possibility of a three-way tie if, if, uh, if uh, Seton Hall doesn't win at Creighton. And, hey, winning at Creighton is hard to do. I got about 60 seconds. If I put Gonzaga down next week, am I a dummy? No, no. I, I, you know, their defense has to continue to improve. But you know, what you're betting on is Killian Tilly playing – at least five healthy games because they don't win the championship if he's not out there minimum 20 minutes a game. And he's really struggled to stay healthy throughout his career, including this year. And, you know, I hope he does. For whatever, you know, whether they win, lose, or whatever, I hope he plays however many games they play in the tournament. I hope he's on his feet and, and active for all of them because, he's a, he's a, you know, he's a great player, a uh, fine young man, and deserves the opportunity to have a full NCAA tournament. But, uh, Team-wise, they have the best offense in college basketball. There's no question about that. Uh, and the defense, they have enough bodies when Killian's healthy to be at least effective enough on defense. Michael DeCourcy, follow him on Twitter, at TSN Mike. You're one of the best. I mean that sincerely, buddy. All the best to you and yours. Thanks, Ken. Mike DeCourcy, Sporting News, Fox Sports, Big Ten Network. You want to know college basketball? Follow him on Twitter, at TSN Mike. This is the time of year to do it. I'm upset about one thing, though. I don't get a chance. I don't think I'm going to get a chance to talk to my boy Timmy Clues. I don't think I'm going to get a chance to talk Iona Gales basketball. 11 and 16 this year. That means I can't reach out to Daloisio. Hickey, where did you? Hickey went to Penn State. Where did you go? Uh, where'd you go, Pierno? He won't even say it in my ear because he's probably not paying attention. He's probably not even in the room. I got to find one of those local teams right out there, right outside the city to get into. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. One hour away, Oldham Paul and East will join us. We'll talk NBA. We'll talk LeBron. We'll talk Giannis with him. Also next, hey, you know what? You can't help but think twice. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.